At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of Easton's primetime action live from the South Point. Gil Alexander, Adam Burke in for Matt Brown tonight. Kelly Bidlin here as well. Our NFL power rankings momentarily. Kelly saying that uh, we have uh, four different number ones, which is awesome. But here's the thing. Being parlayed did it this morning. Jeff Parles, we did it this morning. We had the same ten teams just reshuffled, and we did have the same number It's one. a lot of that. It's yeah. a lot of that, too. I, 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 they're, they're, I guess I didn't sh- uh, check it completely, but... At least nine out of the ten from all four of us. Are the right, because it, it really does drop off really quickly now. Let's uh, update all the scores first, though. Yeah, over in the bowl game right now, Clemson on the move. They lead uh, Iowa State 6-3, 4-30 remaining in the third quarter. Live numbers on that game right now, Clemson laying 6.5, and, uh, and the live total set anywhere from 26 to 28.5, I'm seeing out there. Two ridiculous conversions on this draft on this drive for Clemson. Yeah, one where uh, DJ just sort of threw it up in the air, and somehow on a third and four, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's catch. like two de- two defensive backs somehow missed yeah. an interception on it. Yeah. yeah, and then a fourth and one where uh, <laughs> because he's however tall he is, six five, he he leaned over and they gave it to him by a credit card it's, with. Yeah, survived a horrible spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the NBA, we got three games going on right now. We've got the. Hornets on top of the Pacers, 56 to 42, 440 remaining in the second quarter. They are seven and a half point live favorites, 235 and a half your live total in that game. The Knicks are on top of the Pistons, 45 to 38, one minute remaining in the first half. Knicks, 10 and a half point live favorite, 189 and a half the live total. Second quarter just getting started in Boston. Clippers lead at 26 to 21. Boston still a two and a half point live favorite, 205. And a half is the live total over in the NHL. Got a few games in progress. Devils on top of the Sabres, two to one. Uh, 19 minutes remaining in the second period, so that period just getting going. Uh, Devils minus 285 live Sabres plus 205. Your total set at seven over at DraftKings. First intermission Capitals all over the Predators, three to nothing. Live numbers off the board. Touchdown, Clemson. There you go. There you go. All right, Adam, Adam, who has the under, and I have Clemson, allowed me to have this touchdown at this point in the game. So that both <laughs> yeah, of our, both of our bets okay. are still good. Yeah. I think you're both looking pretty good yeah. right now. Uh, but then the, uh, one other NHL game going on, Rangers on top of the Panthers, one to nothing in the first intermission. Rangers minus 140 live, Panthers plus 105, five and a half 
your live total. We've even got a couple college basketball games going what? on with ranked teams tonight. LSU and Auburn at the half. Auburn leads this one 32-21. Uh, Auburn 10.5-point live favorite, 127.5 the live total. Providence on top of Seton Hall at the half, 36-27. Providence 8.5-point live favorite, 135.5 the total. And Kentucky all over Missouri, 44-27 at the half. Can uh, live numbers off the board for that? LSU still among the unbeaten in college basketball. Uh, remaining unbeaten is obviously uh, number one. Baylor is undefeated. USC, Iowa State, and LSU. Not to mention Colorado State still lurking there, undefeated. Well, LSU better get it. Better get it together then. They mm-hmm. got, they're down eleven. Yep. Let's try to keep their uh, undefeated season going. All right. It's power rankings time. National Football League power rankings. Do we have a uh, sexy intro for this? I believe we do. Of course we do. Look at that. That is hot. A little, uh, little techno. What do we call this? EDM? What do we call this? I don't know. We don't know. We have no it's idea. It's not my favorite song. Do you, uh, you want to do Matt's? Do you want to you be Matt's uh, announcer here? Yeah, sure. We okay. could do that. Absolutely, we could do that. The absent Matt Brown. What is Matt doing tonight that he's not here? Oh, he's got the uh, b- big production event to set up for the Las Vegas Bowl, to, which is tomorrow night, okay. uh, I believe. Right. So, yeah, he's... Uh, He's got that going on with uh, his his little his little side his side gig, you know. So all right, we're going Matt. So start from the bottom. We got the Patriots at ten, Cardinals at nine, Bengals at eight. They pop up two spots in his rankings this week. Colts. How are you dropping the Colts? <laughs> Colts, Colts drop a spot. They move down to seven. Seriously. Uh, he, he did a lot of flip-flopping this week. I, I got to admit, I I, I kind of did the same thing. Right. I think we're like a little bit in our own heads on some of this stuff. Okay. Bucks move up a spot. So, yeah, essentially he just switched the Bucks and the Colts. Uh, Bucks up to six. Cowboys down a spot, Bills up a spot, so he switched those two. Cowboys down to five, Bills up to four, and then his top three remain the same. Rams at three, Packers at two, and Chiefs at number one. Gil, you want to go to yours next? Yeah, let's do the correct power rankings now, shall we? There you go. Uh, Ten, Patriots. Why? Because I just don't know who else I would put there. Ravens, Chargers, Eagles, Niners? Um, not sure. So I put the Patriots at number 10. They still remain in the top 10 despite their loss to the Bills. Bengals are in. Welcome, Cincinnati Bengals. You are number nine. And maybe if you win this week, even higher after this, but nine for the Bengals, who I think are a pretty interesting team here moving forward uh, into the postseason, if they could perhaps get there and perhaps a division win. Bills go to eight. Bills uh, get the revenge win over the Patriots. Probably their best, not probably, definitely their best win of the year. Remember, they've been bullies all season long, but they get a win over the Patriots. They come back in at number eight. Titans, I've been very consistent about this football team all year. I don't dock teams for having missed players. Titans are at seven. You saw what A.J. Brown's return could do just like that when they decided to feed him the rock this past Thursday night. Titans are at seven. Derrick Henry on the horizon. Cowboys are six. Cowboys playing really good football. Uh, obviously crushing Washington Sunday night with a 42-point first half. And your top five. Chiefs are number five. My issue with not making the Chiefs any higher is simply the fact that if you look at teams currently in playoff position in either the AFC or the NFC, whoever the Chiefs beaten, they beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, they beat the Cowboys without Amari Cooper by 10, and they beat the Eagles. That's the list. Every other wins against teams that are not in the current playoff picture. 4-3-2-1 remains the same as last week. Colts at four. 
I do worry about a Carson Wentz implosion in the playoffs, but they're four for now. I don't know how Matt dropped them after winning a game against the Cardinals on the road without four of their five offensive linemen and without their greatest defensive player in Darius Leonard. They're number four for me. Rams are three. I worry about Stafford, though. Bucks are two. They don't have their best players on offense. Obviously, still the trio of Fournette, Godwin, and Evans. They hope to get Evans back soon. Packers are one, but boy, oh boy, against your Browns, Adam, on Saturday, I'm starting to worry about their position there. Yeah, it was a tough one, definitely. And uh, I'll give a shout-out to Kelly here, who gave me, like, I don't know, six hours notice about putting these together. So uh, you never forget your first, and I won't forget my first time here doing the the primetime action power rankings. But starting from the bottom here, I mean, look, the Cardinals, I I know that they're really, really struggling, but they are a top-five defense by DVOA, plus a half yard per play and yard per play differential. Still a top-ten passing offense. I worry about Cliff Kingsbury, and, and obviously things are going in the wrong direction. But... The Cardinals still have a very good defense and a good passing attack, so I still give them a little bit of love here. 49ers, look, I think they're great. You know, I think they're a really, really good team. Their metrics look very strong. The Garoppolo injury doesn't help, but I do really like their metrics. Top 10 in both offensive and defensive DVOA. Uh, The Patriots are next for me, plus a half yard per play. Above average offense, defense is really good. Belichick, obviously a big factor. To your point, Gil, I only have the Packers seven here. I mean, they have one of the smallest yards per play differentials of the good teams in the NFL. The Browns marched it up and down the field on them. They just wound up having turnovers, gave Aaron Rodgers a few short fields. I don't think the Packers are as good as the perception of them is, and also they're plus 16 in turnover margin right now. So that's something they've kind of thrived on a little bit. Probably remains that way with Aaron Rodgers, but you know, still, I'm not really a big believer in the Packers. Do like the Colts quite a bit. They're a team also with a high turnover margin. They're plus 20 in that department. Uh, but, you know, they're a team, top 10 offense, top 10 defense. I like Frank Reich as well. Cowboys at five. I think DVOA is a little bit high on their defense because they're just forcing so many takeaways. But that offense, very, very potent to be sure. The Rams at four, and, and this was a tough one for me. I waffled back and forth between the Rams at three or the Rams at four. I've got questions about Matt Stafford. I'm sure a lot of people do, but excuse me, but this team very, very talented on both sides of the football. And now that they're past their COVID issues, that's something that should help them as we go throughout the rest of the season as well. Uh, The Bills, look, they're second in defensive DVOA. They have the lowest scoring percentage against in terms of drives ending in points. I think they're a very, very good defensive team and Josh Allen figuring it out a little bit offensively. Chiefs, 25 turnovers. They're tied for third in the NFL, but they're tops in percentage of drives ending in points. So even though they have a lot of turnovers, they've still scored a lot of points. They're a very dangerous team. And the Buccaneers here, the only team, I think, in the NFL that's in the top five in yards per play on offense and on defense. They played a very difficult schedule as well relative to a lot of other good teams. They're first in offensive DVOA. Brady's figuring it out. As long as they get healthy by the playoffs, uh, I think Tampa Bay's in in a pretty good position to maybe repeat in the NFC there. I like it. New blood on the show, new perspective on I, stuff. New perspective, yeah. and it's and it's for anybody that's watched this segment weekly, we, yeah. you, you'll see that Matt, Gill, and I are kind of all do it different ways, and, and all I told Adam was, hey, give me your top 10, and you know we defend it different ways with how we view teams, and I think the Buccaneer, Buccaneers are a great example. You, you've got them one, you had what, two, two, two or three? Two. And then, and then Matt and I kind of look at it more week to week, so we drop them a little bit further down, even though who knows where they might be at the end. Like you said, Adam, depending on some of these injuries and what happened with the playoffs, I will fly through mine here. No, no, no don't do it. Let's wait till after the okay. break to do yours. Let's give, right, you some, yeah. give you proper time. We'll still talk about it. I just want to point this out, Adam. You're not going to be happy, but while you were doing your power rankings, Clemson had a pick six 
So now I feel very comfortable. Oh, boy. And now what could possibly go wrong to your under? By the way, this was not just your average pick six where, uh, where Purdy threw it to the defender. This was tipped not once, but twice. And the second tip was one of the uh, Cyclones offensive linemen decided to sort of volleyball tap it up in the air. I think he was trying to knock it down, but it ends up looking like just, I'm going to hit it over the net. And it goes right to uh, Clemson, 20-3. to Tigers, 401 left now in the third quarter. What was the pregame total on this? 44 and a half. 44 and a half. Okay. So, and, you know, I, as long as I don't get another pick six. Yeah, maybe, this, maybe, this would be pretty be brutal. Okay. You, yeah, you should be this. good. No, at least Matt Campbell establishing the run down 20 to three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> got to get that. You got to get that rolling before you but, can start throwing. Yeah, you know, some bets you're like, oh, I was great handicap. I got this right. I'm on Clemson, and I'm like, this is the luckiest win of all time. This is just so bad. We'll come back. Kelly's Power Rankings, and then we shall discuss next on Prime Primetime Action. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare you are looking live at primetime action with gil alexander and matt brown on vsin the sports betting network don't forget to sign up for a PlayCard debit MasterCard. Get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank and a member FDIC. If Matt was here, Matt Brown, he would say, move money in minutes. He he, likes to... He's really good at yelling things he sees on the graphic. <laughs> he's, very, he's awesome at that. <laughs> That's why we love him. I was going to ask, would you like to just do normal reads tonight, or do you want me to just yell nonsense in the background? <laughs> Moving money! <laughs> it's, a, it's a great part of his charm. We love Matt for that. Uh, all right, Adam Burke, by the way, in for Matt Brown tonight because uh, Matt is doing big things with the Las Vegas Bowl, which is what? Tomorrow night is the Las Vegas Bowl? Tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night. So he's, I guess, a dress rehearsal. What do you call it tonight? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we, we did discuss it a bit on the show last night. At, yeah. Last night, and he screwed up which school was playing in it. So hopefully he's, oh. you know, fixed that problem. But He yeah. may not need to know that information. <laughs> he might not need to know yeah. that. <laughs> he said Arizona and. You know, young Isaiah Wrinkle downstairs who went to Arizona State was having none of that. Oh, none does of that. not like that. No, That's, not at all. You should, they do not like each other. That is for sure. Um, before we get to uh, your power rankings, let's give Adam a little shout here. You wrote something today in about college basketball in Point Spread Weekly, was it? Yeah, so in Point Spread Weekly, I've been writing a uh, weekly article about uh, teams to follow and teams to back based on some of the different metrics that are out there. And in fact, one of them I talked about backing was Furman, who's an 11-point favorite tonight against Samford, and uh, Furman up 30 
six and a half minutes into the second <laughs> half. So uh, that, one, good. that one looks pretty good for right now, but uh, it's a piece I'm very proud of in point spread weekly, kind of looking at, as I said, the metrics in college basketball, looking for some positive and negative regression indicators. A lot of the things Gil and I do during baseball season, yes. which hopefully we get the chance to do, Hopefully, uh, but a very good article there. I'm oh. biased, but I think it's a good piece in point spread weekly to go along with a lot of really, really quality content in that weekly publication. So I encourage everybody to check that out. Every time I'm going to, so you should stop. We should stop throwing it to you because every time you go you start talking something bad happens to your total <laughs> so dj just threw a awful interception at like the 30 yard line of clemson just awful just tipped and then just terrible should never have thrown that football he, he rolled out trying to throw it across, across his body, his body. And, and a guy tipped it that was what three feet in front of three him? feet in front of like him. there was no way he was getting that ball past and him. it's iowa state first and 10 at the clemson 33 down 20 to 3 but again um, I have Clemson and Adam has the under in this game. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to do the Matt Brown thing and just start screaming stuff. <laughs> We're going to get the network fine. Let me, let me ask you a question. If you lose the under in this football game and then Furman somehow gives up the 30 point lead, where would you rank this in your nights of, of betting? If both of those, if both of those things, happen? probably not even top 10. No, <laughs> I would, that's gotta be in your top 10. If those two things happen. Yeah, I, yeah prob- I mean, at, at this point, now that we're three, talking about it. Yeah, a 6-3 to three halftime game and a 30-point Furman lead. What was that spread in the 30? Uh, in- oh, 11. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty bad. All right, Kelly's power rankings. Yeah, I thought I just saw an unbelievable sideline no. catch, but he was luckily out of bounds yeah. for, for Adam. All right, my power rankings. Guess who's back in them, Gil? Your Titans. Hey, finally someone here with sense. <laughs> they're they're at number ten. Thank uh, you. I didn't really, I didn't really know where to go there. I, and, and this is like, this is more like Patriots, like Patriots. I don't believe in you than Titans. Like you know, I do. So yeah, like Patriots still on the outside of my top ten. Looking in, you can yell them if you want. I don't really care. Um, I had the Bills well ahead of them before. I'm fine with that. Uh, so Titans ten, Cardinals drop down to nine. What, what you know, we talked about this a bunch on the show last night this is just they look like a very much a different team they looked like a different team i think matt did a great job of this earlier in the year when jj watt went out they looked like it started to look like a different team on defense have recovered a bit on that side of the ball but deandre hopkins being out it it just feels like this whole this whole offense is struggling to kind of find an identity right now and i i don't i don't doubt that this team could bounce back and be still a big time player in the in the playoffs uh, but right now, I think you got to kind of stick them low, lower down on these uh, when we do these kind of rankings. Colts up at number eight to me. They, I, they, did, they did rise this week. They did rise in my rankings this week. Up to eight. Uh, Bengals up two spots as well. I can't shake this Bengals team, man. I think that just that offensive talent that they have, it's it's kind of like what you were talking about, Gil, with the you know this Chiefs game this week. As, as high as I am on the Chiefs, I'm not running to lay those points. Nope. I, I, I respect this Bengals offense enough that I think they could – you know, burst out and score a lot of points at any week here uh, any, against any team they play any week. Uh, Bucks at six, very mo- you know, very much don't know what to do with this team right now, and don't know what they're going to look like when it comes when the playoffs come. Depending on these guys that get back, Antonio Brown kind of coming coming in and fi- you know fitting back in well with that team looks makes it seem like they're going to be a little bit more okay. Uh, but I think you know, I think one of the guys that didn't get enough 
pub this entire year is Leonard Fournette and really what he did. And in this, we talked about this stable of running backs that they had coming into this year, and he's he's really been the guy that they used all year long. And with him being out, I just I I, I have major questions about that and how it's going to affect their team going forward. Um, still a lot of respect though for him, and obviously what Brady's doing. And if they, I mean, they could easily end up winning another Super Bowl this year, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. But right now, I got him down at six. Uh, top five stays the same, but I. I shifted them a lot of things around this week. Bills at five. They remain there from last week. Um, and then, hey, I, I, I was sitting here last night talking a lot about the Cowboys. And, yes, it's reading into one week. It's re- it is reading into one week. But we had questions about Dak, Dak's health for the past few weeks. I think he looks better. Questions about Amari Cooper and him getting reinserted into this offense. He looked fine in that game Sunday night against Washington. I think this is the team that is one of the most complete teams, the most complete teams in the NFL right now as far as what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. Number one in DVOA, like you said earlier, Adam, uh, with this Cowboys team. They're number one in DVOA, team DVOA, period, uh, according to Football Outsiders. So I moved them up to number one. That kind of meant everybody else needed to move down a notch. So Packers moved down one, Chiefs moved down one, Rams moved down one, who I all had ahead of the Cowboys. And, uh, yeah, it, it might be reading into one week a little too much, but it's a team, man, that I was confident in early in the year, and now I'm I'm regaining my confidence in them uh, later in this year when a lot of these teams are having key players go out. We talk about all the time with the Packers, you know, what happens if a Devontae Adams goes down for a little bit? Does that offense completely fall apart? Um, I think there's a lot of questions with, with a lot of these teams, and the Cowboys I feel more confident in. You have fallen deeply in love with the Dallas I Cowboys. Have. I have. Number one for Kelly Billen. All right, uh... Do we have any quibbles or any deep problems with someone else's anything? I don't have a deep problem with anything, but I do want to ask about the Titans. So they're basically the only team in terms of the NFL playoff picture with a negative yards per play differential. They're minus 0.3. Does that worry you at all? This this has been my my, big uh, debate on this show for the entire season. So Matt cannot stand the fact that I have had the Titans in my top 10, right? He thinks it's ridiculous. And I counter by saying, look, they, they have not had Derrick Henry for now it's 10 weeks. They have not had A.J. Brown for over a month. And when they lost their last three games, they were a combined minus 13 in turnovers. 13 turnovers by them, zero takeaways. Take there's no, there's no line to draw from. Well, that's the kind of team then that they are, you know, with the, no team sustains that kind of turnover difference over that, you know, over any long period of time like that. So for me, I just don't know that there's, and we do our, we do our power rankings a little bit differently. He does his more in the moment. Mine is more of a futures thing. So we should definitely say that. Um, but I just think, I don't know that there's teams that are better at full strength um, besides the eight or nine that have been up there. No, I think that's fair. I mean, obviously, you know, their offense is going to change when Derrick Henry comes back, oh, assuming yeah. he's able to. And, you know, I, I kind of wonder about that, too. I mean, obviously there's rust as a quarterback in terms of your timing and all that. Same thing with receivers in terms of having your timing with your quarterback. Is that something you worry about with Derrick Henry, or do you feel like he just, pardon the pun, hits the ground running when he comes back? Yeah, I, I think he hits the ground running, but it's certainly a possibility, right? You know what? I, here's what I really think. I think that all of us have doubts about certain teams, right? So there's doubts about the Titans. Matt is, is, for instance, he thinks Carson Wentz is just, you know, he's way lower, he'll even say. He's way lower on Carson Wentz than most people are. 
All it takes is for one bad performance for any of us who have a negative thought on any of these teams to be sort of corroborated in a postseason, right? So if Carson Wentz does have that bad game, if the Titans do get knocked, he says, see, I told you that kind of, I told you this thing would happen. Uh, and I just think that I, I look at it a little differently. I, the only teams that I have futures on besides the Rams to win the NFC, which I did pre-flop before the season are Titans and Colts in the AFC and in the Super Bowl. I just think that those two teams are built for a postseason and value-wise that they've had numbers that don't reflect what they could do in a postseason, especially if the Titans get a home, get the number one seed in a, a bye and then home field. And I think those two teams are the most impervious, by the way, also to where they play based on how they play football. So, and because of the running game. Because of the running game. I, my, where, where I just can't, like, I think they could do some damage in the playoffs for me on both those teams. It does come back to, like, to win a Super Bowl. I, I, I'm just never going to be the guy who gets there on Ryan Tannehill. That's always the you. toughest part. But you're you. right. Otherwise, you know, all these guys get back. Julio comes back. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry comes back. And if they're looking healthy, yeah, that, that, man, that's going to be a tough team. My only beef with anything. How how did the Colts drop anything in Matt? I will I will talk to him about that. We'll have a strongly worded email for him in the morning. How did how did they beat the Cardinals that eighty percent of their offensive linemen gone and Darius Leonard gone? How did they go down? I don't know what happened. That has to be an error. We'll come back. Frank Schwab on the NFL from Yahoo. Maybe we'll get his uh, top power ranked team and what he thinks about a whole bunch of things this week and into the postseason. It is Veasan's primetime action live from the majestic South Point. Look at that. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action, Gil Alexander, Adam Burke in for Matt Brown tonight. Kelly Bidlin, as always, here. Uh, Clemson up on Iowa State 20 to 6 after that uh, pick by DJ towards the end of the third quarter. Uh, they did, Clemson did hold Iowa State to a field goal. So 20 to 6. In favor of Clemson. Clemson trying to get their 10th win of the year. Imagine that. Well, all the, you know, all the negativity about Clemson this year, they still might manage to have 10 wins if this holds up. They'll finish the year 10 and 3, obviously not where they wanted to be. So we get the field goal here. So there's 26 points. Again, I'm on Clemson. Adams on the under. 44 is your number. And what just happened on that play? Was that a pick and then a fumble? But there's also a flag? Dabo's not happy. That's it was, all it was a roughing the passer call. Oh, Clemson. there you go. So that's... So that's why Dabo is Dabo's gosh darn it the official. <laughs> he is G he is G Willer Willer King, the uh the officials right now. By the way, I yeah, I don't feel that comfortable myself up fourteen. <laughs> with with Iowa State now at the twenty eight yard line of Clemson. Thirteen oh, oh boy. Oh, is that gonna stay in bounds? No, that goes out of bounds. Ball's yeah. just flying in this football game. You know, it's it's bad enough when the game is excruciating, but then you also have to sweat bets that you shouldn't have to. Well, I was just saying off air before. I was like, look, I have I, I bet Maryland light today, they win by a thousand. I bet Clemson hard and I have no business being on top in this was, game by was fourteen. That a, was that a roughing oh, Purdy lined up? No. That was a roughing the passer on a double pass. Yeah, that's so why they I, roughed the wide receiver. That's why that's why Tab was all set. Let's talk some NFL. Let's bring him in from Yahoo. It's our buddy Frank Schwab. How you doing, Frank? Yo, Gil, what's going on, man? Uh, doing very well. We were just doing power rankings, uh, not just Adam Kelly and me, but also Matt Brown in absentia here today, who's usually here. And we had four different number one power ranked teams. Who is your number one currently? It's the Packers. I, I don't get the pushback against them. I get it. They're not very high at DVOA or anything. But what I see out of this team is very good, very sound 
they're the type of team that you're not you're not going to want to go to Lambeau and play them. I know they didn't get it done last year, but they're in line for that number one seed again. And I think they do get it done this year. I think that they bring everything to the table you'd want in a team. I get it. Last two weeks have been not great. They haven't covered. What about before that? I think they were eleven and two against the spread before that. I believe in this Packers team. I, I think that they're the best team in football. And my goodness, this Cowboys overreaction is just crazy to me. No, go on, Frank. I, I can and I can I can understand it, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, when did the, the I'll, I'll cater to you here. When did the 1991 Redskins walk through the door? Thank I, you. I don't know that necessarily the Dallas Cowboys are going to just walk to a Super Bowl because they beat up, unfortunately, Gil, a really, really bad Washington team effort, at least Sunday night. I don't know. I, I think the Cowboys are just they're the team this week that we're all jumping on board. And I'll, I'll be happily taking the Cardinals plus five and a half. Kelly, defend that. yourself. Kelly, Billa, defend yourself. Uh, one of the top-ranked defenses in the league. I like that Dak's finally looking not injured like he for has the past yeah, few weeks. For one game, he's, he looked great for one game. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it was only one game I did preface that, Frank. Uh, I think Marty Cooper getting back more, more heavily involved in the offense, and then I like the running back situation. I think this is one of the more complete teams in the NFL. I can see it. I, I about their defense, and I will say, I think they're too predicated on turnovers and that could work. Like, look, the 2009 saints are kind of my team that, Hey, if you have this kind of defense, it just turns you over all the time. You got good enough offense. You could win a super bowl that way. But this Cowboys team, they're in the bottom 10 in yards per pass allowed. They're in the bottom 10 in yards per rush allowed. They're not stopping you play by play. And what happens when they play an Aaron Rodgers, when they play a Tom Brady, who's not going to turn the ball over to Tyler Heineke was giving it out like Christmas candy. Right. But these guys aren't going to do that in the playoffs. And that, that's what I wonder if the, the Cowboys defense is really going to make that mark. Pass rush is great. Trevon Diggs is great. But I'm not sure play-by-play. Play. I trust this Cowboys defense to be elite. All right, Frank. So talking about Green Bay, one of the things that we've been discussing a little bit here throughout the show in terms of coach of the year with Matt LaFleur currently the yeah. favorite for that one. How do you think that race kind of shakes out over the last couple of weeks of the regular season here? I mean, I, I think if I'm going to project the Packers to be the number one seed, and I do, I think they're going to beat the Vikings, beat the Lions. I, I think LaFleur wins it. I really like Frank Reich. I'm, I've been a Colts guy all year. I felt dumb about it in September, but now I feel pretty good about it. I have a, I have Frank Reich preseason coach of the year tickets. I have Colts Super Bowl tickets from before the year. I really like the job Frank Reich has done, but I don't think he can get the narrative going. I, I don't think even if he's done the best job this year and he's in the argument, I don't think he's had the narrative to beat a Packers team, number one seed, Matt LaFleur, who right now, if, if he was eligible, would be the winningest coach in NFL history percentage-wise. He's over 80%. So I think LaFleur wins it. I think he deserves it for sure. I might vote for Reich, but I don't think enough voters are going to vote for anybody else other than LaFleur. What do you like in week 17 best at this point in the week? I, you know, maybe you guys can explain the Rams line to me. I, I watched the Ravens just get torched, and I, I know they're going to get a few guys back, but that secondary is just so beat up. I don't know how they defend anybody. They gave up 525 to Burrow, who had not been playing great before. that. He'd been playing okay. Now Stafford comes in off a bad game. He's going to be motivated. How is that team going to defend? Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, obviously Cooper Cup. I, I, I was shocked at the line, to be honest. I think it should be way over three and a half, no matter who plays quarterback for the Ravens. And again, aforementioned, I, I really do like the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals, I think Cardinals got a win chance win straight up. That's the recency bias Super Bowl right there. I mean, if if you're talking about the perception of two teams going opposite ways, give me the Cardinals every time. I'm going to lose some bets that way, but I'm always going to bet that way going against public perception on two teams like that. 
So we talked about Green Bay already, so I guess we might as well get your thoughts on that Sunday night game between Green Bay and Minnesota. Looks very cold at Lambeau, of course, not particularly surprising. Maybe that's something that benefits the Packers, who, of course, used to that. Aaron Rodgers used to playing in those types of conditions. Do you like Green Bay to cover the number here? What do you think about that six-and-a-half-point spread on Sunday night? I'm not running to to bet the Vikings at all, but I do trust that side a little more. Look, the Vikings keep games close and they blow it at the end. Like that's what they've done. They've done it for 15 weeks now. Like that's that's who they are. It's their DNA. I think they're good enough to keep it close. They have enough weapons. The back door is always going to be open for them with Justin Jefferson and, and Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. Dalvin's back, which is a big deal. So I like the Vikings and the points. I do think the Packers get the win here. And the, the cold temperatures play into it, too. I mean, I think this game's going to be a little lower scoring. Nobody likes playing. I'm from Wisconsin. Nobody likes five-degree weather. When people say, like, oh, the Packers are used to this, nobody's used to the five degrees. Nobody. It sucks. Like, there's nothing good about it. You don't want to play in it. I think it's going to be low scoring. And I think the Vikings get the cover, but the Packers get the win. Frank, who's the team headed to the postseason, or at least, uh, you know, obviously a favorite to get to the postseason, that were sort of all collectively, and there's a bit of gray area to this because – Obviously, we all have our different uh, different sort of things we come in contact with every day talking football. But who do you think generally from your perspective is the team that we're all sort of sleeping on? A team that's not getting enough juice that could make a deep postseason run. I, I feel I feel like you're going to kick me out the show for saying Colts because it's so obvious, right? Like everybody likes the Colts. Now, as I said before, I like the preseason. I'm a Wisconsin guy. I love Jonathan Taylor. I think that team does everything at an elite level except quarterback. And I think they can hide their quarterback. And I think the only team that would scare the Colts is the Chiefs. But if you think about it, the Colts are the kind of team that matches up really well. They can run the ball. They can hold the ball for 35, 40 minutes. They can play defense. I love their coach. I think the Colts are really a, a good bet for that. And I will, I'm will. i going to throw this team in there. I'll throw the Cardinals in there. Everybody's jumped off that ship. Everybody. Everybody thinks the Cardinals are drawing dead now. Look, this is still the same team that was 10 and 2 at one point. I don't think that they just have lost it. I, I think they're going to recover it a little bit down the stretch, be dangerous in the playoffs. I don't love what I've seen the last three weeks, but I also don't think they're going to lose out or anything. I, I still think that 10 and 2 team that we saw early in the season is somewhere still in there. One of the things that we did earlier in the show, we did some yes, no, in terms of playoff hopefuls, teams that still have something to play for, haven't clinched a spot, are kind of on the outside looking in. Do you think any of the teams outside of that number seven spot will make their way into the playoffs here over the next couple of weeks? I don't have it projected as so. I guess in the AFC, I don't have the Dolphins in, so you got to put, I can't remember who I put in there at the seventh seed right now. But I think the play, if you look at the remaining games and all that, the playoffs, I think the Chargers would have to be the team to get in there. The playoffs are fairly set in my mind as far as what the 14 teams are going to be at least. Uh, on the NFC side, I think the Eagles are going to end up getting home. They have a pretty light schedule the rest of the way, or winnable games at least. I don't think the Saints can get there just because their offense is so limited. So I do think our teams are pretty much set. I don't trust the Vikings. Definitely don't trust the Falcons. So I think that of the of the 14 teams that are in right now, I think 13 of them are going to make it. And the Dolphins, Chargers will be the one swap. But even the Chargers, man, can we trust the Chargers? Please talk next summer when I'm talking up the Chargers. Please fly <laughs> out to Denver and stop me. Please. Somebody needs to stop me from betting the Chargers. Oh, you're not the only one, Frank. You are not the only one. Uh, 30 seconds. We rarely ask this question because it seems like so simple, but I will ask this of you right now. Here we are, uh, late December. Who's in the Super Bowl, Frank? I'm so square. I have I have no better answer, but it's Chiefs Packers because I believe this whole playoff expansion is is bad is bad for two reasons. One, you're letting mediocre teams in the playoffs, but two, and this is important, 
you're giving the number one seed way too much of an edge. So I think the number one seeds are going to be the Packers and the Chiefs, and I can't bet against them because they have such a big advantage with that. They really do. That cannot be emphasized enough. Frank, always appreciate it. Great to see you, man. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Frank Schwab, everybody, at Yahoo Schwab. That's S-C-H-W-A-B on Twitter. Betting and NFL writer for Yahoo. I, You know, that, that point about the number one seeds, and again, it, we can't make that point enough. It's a very simple one. But the advantage of having to play one fewer games than everybody else is massive. And that just, it's, you just have to really, that's that's why the Titans bet for me. That's why I made it. Not because I know that the Titans are going to win the Super Bowl. Not because I, it was all about a calculus of them getting the number one seed. And that is still in play. Uh, we will come back and talk some college football. Iowa State on the board with another touchdown. 20 to 13 Clemson. We'll talk about Adam's picks next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits, yet another way that vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Clemson up 20-13, to 8.38 left. And uh, Clemson gets the ball past midfield uh, on this drive. And so, uh, again, for those of you who are on Clemson and under, like I am and Adam is respectively, what we need here is the uh, the long-sustained drive that even ending in a field goal will be happy for us in the end here, both for your under 44 and both for my Clemson bet. But it's a third and eight after a horrific Clemson penalty where they had gained nine yards and then somebody did something ridiculous at the end of the play. And so we need a conversion is what we need here. So let's just get this before we move on and talk about college bowl <laughs> games for tomorrow. The quartet, by the way, four college football games scheduled anyway tomorrow. Here's the third and eight play. They will not allow DJ to throw the football. They'll keep it on the ground and they'll get about half of that, not even. So they're going to punt. They're in plus territory at the 46, but you would imagine Dabo would punt here halfway through the fourth quarter. By the way, anything on the later game tonight between Oregon and Oklahoma? Sooners favored by seven now. 
No, and in fact, seven with some juice out there in this game, too. And and look, this is a line that moved a few days ago when it was announced that Oregon had all kinds of issues in terms of roster shortages with guys transferring out, uh, guys opting out, guys possibly with COVID as well. So this number kind of ran out a little bit up to Oklahoma minus seven. Even at this price, I mean, it's Oklahoma or nothing for me. I know it's an inflated number, but Bob Stoops came in and basically reunited the Oklahoma program after Lincoln Riley left for the USC job. And... You know, Bob Stoops is a guy that, I mean, he's been around the program. The players are familiar with him. He's not that far removed from coaching. He had that quick little stint in the uh, XFL for as a head coach yeah. and as a general That's, manager. Who could forget? But, uh, forget. Yeah, not right? you. <laughs> it's Kelly's but, uh, favorite league. I think at this point in time, I mean, I, this could be a no-show from Oregon. I know we talked about that earlier in the show in terms of Virginia Tech as well as Nevada and the quick lane bowl. This could be an outright no-show from Oregon, and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, small small bet for me tonight on that on that Oklahoma side, and really basically just what Adam Adam said, and you know from smarter people that I've talked to than myself when it comes to college football, and uh, decided to make a small play on it. My 18th total college football bet of the year. Of the year. Yeah, I just looked it up. I 18th. love that. I love that you keep a log. Oh, I, I had to look it up. Uh, How'd you do on your show. previous 17? The uh, the last one. Oh, I'm uh, so I'm eight and nine on the season. Oh, so there yeah. You go. So tail at your own uh, your own peril, I guess. <laughs> That's well good. Well played. By the way, it should be noted, Oregon, Oklahoma. Six weeks ago, we were thinking this might be a playoff game. Maybe. Yep. Noah Mario Cristobal, obviously, he's off to Miami. Uh, Lincoln Riley off to USC, uh, but a whole bunch of other things, right? So Brett Venables, n- Brent Venables not yet coaching Oklahoma, as Adam said Bob Stoops is. Brian McClendon will be coaching Oregon tonight, not Dan Lanning, who will be their coach next year. Uh, obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau off to the NFL. He doesn't play for Oregon tonight, nor does Devon William, uh, Devin Williams and their corners, Mikhail Wright and DJ James. Mikhail Wright headed to the NFL, DJ James transferring on the Oklahoma side. Uh, let's see. Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator, went with Lincoln Riley. What else? No Nick Benito, their linebacker, Brian Asamoah. No Perion Winfrey, no Isaiah Thomas. I mean, it's just a, it's just a meld of whatever tonight in this game. So yeah. there's a word for it. We just can't use it on yes. the show. Yes. <laughs> it almost came out of my mouth. I went with meld. <laughs> meld, yeah, yes, sure. Sure. All right, how about tomorrow? Primetime action word of the day again. Tomorrow, four football games, beginning with the Dukes-Mayo Bowl between North Carolina and South Carolina. ACC, SEC, you were were on the show yesterday, Adam, and you were talking about how much you love South Carolina moving forward. Do you like them here? No, I, well, kind of. Uh, You know, I think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. You got a total of 57 and a half here. South Carolina going with Zeb Noland at quarterback. He was a graduate assistant to start the year, but because they had injuries and just a lot of guys didn't play well at the quarterback position, he actually wound up coming back to the field, and he will be the starting quarterback for this game. Jason Brown transferred out. Luke Doty is hurt. They've got Spencer Rattler for next year to go along with two four-star freshmen that are coming in. So I think South Carolina much improved at the quarterback position next year, but not improved at the quarterback position tomorrow. Defensively, they're pretty good, uh, especially against the pass. They're just outside the top 30 in yards per pass attempt allowed. We know North Carolina has Sam Howell, a guy that you and I were actually talking about before the show off air, who had a much higher projection for this season, possibly a Heisman Trophy kind of guy. Uh, He fell well short of those expectations. So I like the under in this one. I think both teams play hard. Both coaches seem engaged. And also this one has some recruiting implications in the Carolinas there. So I like the under in the Mayo Bowl, and um, I'm hoping – 
that Shane Beamer is the guy who gets a giant vat of mayonnaise dumped on him after the game. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think the Tar Heels win. Absolutely yeah. disgusting. Hundred percent. You want the lock of the century is that there will be shots of uh, of of men in the crowd without shirts on pouring mayonnaise on themselves, sure. which is. Always just a, a wonderful tradition. By the way, uh, uh, eggnog I have I have not had a sip of since I was going to say, how could you? Might, might not ever again in my life. How could you? If Iowa State is going to tie this game up, they're going to have to go 97 yards. Just want to point that out. All right, tomorrow, second of four, the Trans-Perfect Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee, where two teams that had their moments this year in college football uh, taking on each other, the Tennessee Vols and Purdue, with the Vols favored by six, big total, 65 and a half. Yeah, and this is one that took a lot of over money. Yes. This is a total that opened much lower, and understandably so. Tennessee with head coach Josh Heupel, they play fast. It's something that Heupel's done at all of his previous stops, both as a head coach and as a coordinator. Purdue, I think they're better offensively than they are defensively. I could see this one being a high-scoring game. Don't have a play on the side or total in this one, but I think it is pretty interesting that a lot of people are probably going to give Tennessee – a pretty significant home field advantage with the proximity yeah. of Knoxville and Nashville. But also, as somebody who's gone to Nashville for Vanderbilt versus South Carolina games, I mean, it's obviously a fun place to go, you know. So Purdue may be fairly well represented here if they're able to get some tickets. So um, could not, maybe we won't see a ton of orange in the crowd or at least a full orange out in the crowd. Uh, but no play on the side or total for me here. There's a reason they call it Nash Vegas. I love it. Great one, of my, one of my favorite cities oh, in America. So great. Never been. Oh, you got to go. Got to go. Never been. Every time they do the street shots, I'm like, man, that looks like a party. And I've never been there. I mean, that's pretty much the main drag that you're seeing on, on, yeah. uh, on TV. But it's just, it's a bowl. It's an absolute great town. Uh, then the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Pittsburgh and Michigan State. And obviously, the, uh, the only sentence you really need to hear at the top is here is no Kenny Pickett and no Kenneth Walker. Yeah, you know, this is one, now that it's up to three, I, I'm kind of leaning a little bit with Pitt here. You know, I just, I don't think Michigan State is going to have much success offensively in this game. Uh, you've got a lot of side stories, you know, Pat Narduzzi and all those different kinds of things. And, you know, the offensive coordinator for Pitt goes to Nebraska, which uh, we'll see how that winds up playing out for him, for Mark Whipple. But I think at this point in time, I mean, Pitt plays good defense. You know, the, the quarterback's been in the system for a while. He's a pro-style quarterback. Not, obviously, to the level of Kenny Pickett, but... At three, I feel like at this point in time, maybe Pitt's worth a play, although I think three and a half could show up tomorrow just because of a big name like Pickett being out of this bowl game. And then finally, the uh, as far as tomorrow's games are concerned, the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, which is why Matt is not here tonight working on the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, and it is Wisconsin out of the Big Ten against Arizona State. Von Vrinkel, Arizona State out of the Pac-12, the Badgers favored by six. Yeah, you know, I walked into South Point today before my spot on Betting Across America and saw some Wisconsin fans out oh, yeah. there in the in the lobby. They, they travel they very well. They love the South Point, by oh, the way. They travel Always very here, well. Yeah. I'm sure Arizona State fans will travel well to Las Vegas as well. Should be a fun atmosphere. Should be a good game. Uh, but I like Wisconsin actually laying the six here. And generally speaking, if you've got a fairly big spread and a low total, I gravitate towards the underdog in those situations. But here, I just I don't know how Arizona State moves the football. Their top running back, Rashad White, opted out of the game. Their backup running back transferred to Ohio State to play defense. So that's kind of an interesting little thing there. But I have not been impressed at all whatsoever with Jaden Daniels, not only this season, but also with his development there at Arizona State. So I think Wisconsin just plays suffocating defense in this game, scores enough to cover. Uh, I do like Wisconsin minus the six. So Iowa State, 4th and 19, backed up in their own territory with only one timeout at their disposal, down a touchdown, with just over four minutes left in the game. 
elects to punt the football. And so Clemson will have the ball back, which is actually great for you because if they decide to go for it there, uh-oh. But now I think you're feeling pretty good here. I'll take it. Uh, I'll take Matt Campbell going the conservative route there. And, and look, if it was, you know, fourth and 10, he probably goes for probably it. Probably fourth and 19. And, you know, you can't really do much with that. Well, that was the thing about the, the Browns-Packers game that the, the, pack, the people who had the Browns and ended up covering – the key play of that game, I mentioned this last night, was fourth and 22 down nine. Stefanski was was ready to go for it. And you would have think at that point, well, he's probably not going to get that. Green Bay's probably going to end up covering. But they get the phantom false start and fourth and 27. Now, even that was too much for him. He's like, ah, we'll punt it here. They end up making the stop and getting the ball back and scoring. Who knows? That maybe that, well, there's no way I can prove it, but maybe that was the key moment of the game for covers. Um, but obviously, Matt Campbell deciding, yeah, we're not going to go for it there. They'll try their lot on defense, only one timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk more college football later with Adam. Next, we will talk all things NBA. It is VEASAN's primetime action. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.